Starting in the sixth grade, students who miss 18 days or more of school in a year for any reason will fall behind and risk not graduating high school. How many days of school has your child missed this year? Absences add up. Keep track at boostattendance.org. Brought to you by the U.S. Army and the Ad Council. Now live at 6 o'clock, KWVA Sports is broadcasting from the campus of the University of Oregon. That's the show. It's Quack Smack. I like talking talking sports. Quack Smack. What? Quack Smack. Every Monday through Thursday at 6 p.m., the KWVA staff dissects all things Oregon athletics. <laughs> I'm, I'm experiencing life right now. I'm not sure how much more can be said. Quack Quack. Now I'm on the show, and I don't know how long I'm going to be here. It's time for your nightly dose of <laughs> Quack Smack. Now let's head into the KWVA Sports Studios for the show. One, two, three, four. That's how many of us are in Air One for the KWVA Studios tonight. We have two guys over in Prod 2. We have Ben Schoenfield chilling out in the main lobby. Uh, it's a packed house tonight. On Quacksmack for this Tuesday night edition. My name is Austin Oda. Joined alongside John Evans, Jack MacArthur, Griffin Bowes. In production, we have Saul Galvan. We have Max Regal Bagel. Uh, we have Ben Schoenfield chilling in the lobby. Caroline was here at some point. Uh, it, it's a packed house, and we have a packed show. We're going to start talking some Oregon men's basketball. We're going to talk some Oregon women's basketball. Then we're going to do some like college sports, some pro sports. We've got 20 minutes just kind of to, to jabber. Uh, not to be confused with Jabbar, as in Muhammad. Shout out, um, new cornerback. New cornerback for the Ducks. Uh, the Ducks are going to win the Natty next year. So no, they're not. It's a possibility. Shut up. It's Griffin. not happening. Griffin is the only Griffin is the only guy in the entire world that would come on an Oregon sports talk show as an Oregon student and say, eh, "I don't think so." Uh, and that's what we love about you, Griffin. Yeah, Griffin. Yeah, let's just wait till six forty, and I can, I can, you know, spill about that. I'm uh, not looking forward to it. We love how optimistic you are, Griffin. Yeah, that's exactly what we look for. Um, gentlemen, how are we, how are we doing? How's uh, how's week, whatever this is, week four going? Jack, we'll start with you. Uh, week four is going pretty good, man. Obviously, some classes are pretty stressful, but I'm just trying to take it one day at a time. That's beautiful. How are you guys doing? Uh, let's give it to Griffin, then John, and then I'll take it. We might ask Max. We might ask Saul. Maybe. Uh, we'll can see. we talk about this amazing weather we're having here? Like It was, I think, 68 the other day. I think it reached 60 today. Yeah, it was it was beautiful today. It was uh it was perfect, one could say. Um is that like a I'm enjoying the beautiful weather or just like you wanted to say that uh, it was Oh yeah, today? I'm definitely enjoying it. Okay. I mean, I haven't been outside too much, but like you know, it's a lot better than what we normally have in the winter here, which is like 45 and raining True. all the time every day. John, how are you? Yeah, I know. It's been about almost 60 and sunny every day the last like 4 or 5 days. I'm wearing shorts today. That's yeah. how nice it is. It's been it's been really nice. It's it's helped to make up for the depression that school is currently giving me. Yeah. Hey, keep your head up, brother. It is what it is. Checking can confirm you are wearing shorts today. Yeah. So. Yeah. Max, you want to hop on? Tell us how you're doing. Let's go, Max. So will you too? You can, you can have a full Jabbar. It is good to be here, guys. It's good to see you. It is good to see you guys, man. I am very excited about this, getting involved. Uh, I was very, very lacking on the steps last year. I'd, I'd hit the one step and then take a couple weeks off, come to a meeting, and get scheduled again but now we're, we're hitting it for real this time this is real how exciting so we'll want to pop in just over here imparting wisdom into the younger generation even though max is my grade I yeah just, you know i mean you do that you you just you are Mr. i do wisdom. that it's 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 the words that ryan milano our, our former sports director used to tell me he's like i impart knowledge 
right. on whoever is in this room. Instigator. Which, which I thought was weird. Like, I actually almost, like, quit KWVA when he said those words, but now yeah. I'm here. Now I'm, you know. You know, we've all had those moments with Ryan. But, yeah. But, hey. Yeah. We're still here. <laughs> Uh, you know who didn't have as uh, as great of a week as, as it seems like we're having? Um, Oregon men's basketball. Uh, a tough tough weekend for the Docs. Well, it was a tough end to the weekend, and I think the uh, everything that's kind of come out of last weekend has has made it a little more difficult. Let's start with the ASU game because a huge comeback against a really surprisingly good ASU team. Frankie Collins, Jose Perez are both really good. Um, let Let's start with that. Just our our, our thoughts on the comeback. Let's say our thoughts um, as we sat Saturday before the Arizona game, before the uh, the cloud of Arizona came over our heads. Anyone? I mean, I thought that it was a great comeback for Oregon. Bartholomew had a great game. Uh, he was hooping. First up to him, obviously, he's injured. But it's nice for Oregon fans to see Dante back um, and for, you know, Keyshawn Bartholomew's consistency all the way up until he got injured. They're going to have to have someone else step up. But overall, it was a great – Oregon just shot the three ball well. Yeah, the fact that they won by 19, I think, was really impressive considering the poor start. And this is just really a display of what this team can be. It's really a display of potential more than anything. They're not going to play like this every single week. I don't expect them to. But when they click and when they get together and pl all play good ball, I think this team could do a lot of special things. I think if they were somehow able to sneak in the tournament, they could pot potentially go on a run based on what I saw against Arizona State. Yeah, I was feeling. I was feeling. I'm basically the same way I've been feeling about this team. That they are really talented. After that Arizona State game, I still was a little unsure about Arizona. I know they're a super talented team, but I do. I would. I wouldn't say the Arizona State game presented me with anything. Anything new that I hadn't seen before. I. I want to see Jackson Shelstad get back on it a little yeah. bit more. He. He struggled against Arizona State. It's. It. He's. He's been kind of cold recently, and when he's cold, the team gets cold. He's kind of been the the driver for a lot of this season. Yeah, and and you specifically looked at that last week. I think on director's show, his splits when the Ducks were winning versus when the Ducks were losing. I think for me, the Arizona State game specifically showed a little bit of resilience that we haven't really seen with the team. Like this team hasn't had to come back and win. Um, you think about the the Colorado game. You know, they fought in that middle portion and then felt like they kind of ran out of gas. Um, the, the Utah game, you can kind of say the same story. This was the first game this year that it felt like they were attacking throughout the game. They they had to come back. They were down double digits, and, and they came back and won by almost 20. So I, I think that, that says something, and this is a team. You know, we hear it a lot. I, I think about um, my Niners before this weekend um, and how their one, like, real area of concern was you haven't really seen them come back. Um, obviously, the Packers game was the Packers game, but – the same could kind of be said on on a very different level uh, with Oregon men's basketball. Like they hadn't really had to c fight to come back, um, and, and I think they showed that they they have the possibility to do that against Arizona State. Uh, against Arizona, tougher story. Ended up only being a nine point loss. It never felt like a nine point game. Um, even when they had it within seven at the half, I I wasn't really feeling great. Uh, overall thoughts on the Arizona game, Griffin. You can you can open. Well, Arizona's one of those teams that they beat an overrated Duke to start the year. I think Duke was, like, number two. Obviously, Duke is nowhere near number two right now. So, Arizona has really been overrated for the entire part of this year. I'm not even sure that they're going to get a top-four seed in the NCAA tournament. So, for the Ducks, this was a game you, you had to win. Being at home, it's the marquee game on the, on the schedule. Arizona, I think the only Pac-12 team ranked in the top 25, maybe maybe one or two. I'm not I – haven't, I haven't checked the poll this week. But the Pac-12, one of the worst power conferences in men's basketball, Arizona's really your only chance to get a good win after losing 
games in the non-conference. Oregon right now, they're not going to have a resume. That that's that's the real issue. And honestly, going forward in the rest of their games, they let Arizona shoot fifty-two percent from three point. They let Caleb Love score thirty-six points. I, I don't know how that happens. There has to be some. Well, sort Caleb of Love is a really good basketball yeah, player. Thirty six though. It was the Caleb Love show out there the whole time. Thirty six. That guy's been a hooper since he was in high school. I've I've been following I, that was like big when I got yeah. into the high school recruiting was the ki- twenty twenty that Caleb Love year. Like yeah and he was a he was a dog in high school. He was a dog at, at North Carolina, especially in that tournament yeah. run. He's a big game player and he hits like you could see it, like the way he was talking to the student section the whole yeah. time. And he's there he's there he's not there to make friends, he's there to get buckets. And I think that's the big thing. He's a big game player. Like, yeah, thirty six is crazy, but this is a guy that's averaging twenty points a game. Like I was not surprised seeing him drop thirty six. Yeah, yeah, I'd say the he's he's always been a guy who's like he can hit the shots, but he's on an he's normally pretty inefficient. But that's what really got to Oregon was the efficiency that he had the other the other day. Right, but Griffin, continue what you were saying about uh, Ar- the Arizona game. Yeah, I was just saying that like if he burns you for thirty six, that means you're just not making the right adjustments, whether it be double teaming him or changing up different matchups. I remember talking about this on last week's Quack Smack. They need to try different formations with. Uh, Dante back. They need to try different lineups, get tons of guys in there, try different combinations, and whatever whatever they were supposed to do, which is it never really came to fruition, giving up over 50% from the three-point line on defense. That's just... And I don't know if that that's an indictment on the fans as well. I mean, how was the crowd noise? I was not at this game. I it was awesome. It was one of the best. Yeah, it, was it was awesome. Sellout it was, yeah, it was, it was an unbelievable atmosphere. It's not on the crowd. So I, I I just don't I don't I don't know what to say at this point. Arizona, I mean five seed is my guess, and they just they came into Matthew Knight and torched Oregon from three. You think they're going to be five seed? Like that's the that's the seventeen to twenty range. That's where I think they'll probably end up. Okay, I doubt that because they'll have. I think they'll come out with a Pac-12 championship, yeah. and so it'll properly put them in that top three range. But. Our our Duck Territory boss Matt Preem was saying some really interesting stuff on Twitter the other day about how just the the atmosphere in Matt Night the fans were great but like the 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 whole like the way it's all set up and the presentation yeah. of it was really kind of killing any momentum that Oregon was getting they kept cutting to like irrelevant like things during breaks when when the team had a lot of momentum going and I think that was something just an interesting note to take away. Jack, yeah. how'd you feel about the game? I mean, it's obviously a huge or a huge win for Arizona and a tough loss for Oregon. Their first loss at home this season. Oregon's first loss at home this season. Caleb Love, as we mentioned, he's just a hooper. Uh, I was in the third row of the student section right behind the commentators, and it was crazy to watch. I mean, it was a sold-out game. Um, but, yeah, Caleb Love is just a beast. Five for eight from three, 36 points, 12 for 18 from the field. It's hard to defend that guy. But as I, I agree with Griffin, they, they really should have switched it more defensively. It was tough. Uh, you know, to watch Caleb Love just cook everybody. But I do think that Oregon's going to bounce back. I think the question is, like, zone defense isn't going to work for these Ducks. They're just not athletic enough to play a zone defense the whole game. Then the question becomes, who do you put on Caleb Love? Because I don't know if Oregon really has a defensive, a, a, a perimeter defensive stopper. Like, Kwame Evans is great, but I don't know if he could play, like, the would do what um 
who's the long Jared Vanderbilt. Like I don't know if he can yeah. do what Jared Vanderbilt does on Steph Curry. No, he's not a he's not an on ball hit guy. He's he strives when he's able to to play in the passing lanes and come off the help side to to defend shots and stuff. I mean, I don't know. I think I think Jermaine Cousard and Kerry Oquendo are kind of those type of guys who are athletic enough to be on ball point of attack defenders. You just need to they just need to really dial it in and lock in to be able to get that going. My next question, I, I want to talk about Kwame Evans Jr. Uh, he's been maybe my favorite player to watch this year. I'm going to spoil it a little bit. He's my defensive player of the year um, when we get Same. to the award section. Uh, I think there's kind of no question there. Um, two steals, two blocks against Ari- or against Arizona. This was coming off a four-game stretch where he didn't have any of either, which was kind of out of the question for him at the start of the year. This is a guy that's averaging a block and a half and a steal and a half a game and for at one point was up around two and a half and two and a half uh, before, like I mentioned, going cold recently. Is he back? Uh, we, we talked about Jackson Jelstad um, and his struggles just a little bit. Kwame Evans Jr. has had similar offensive struggles, but we know what he provides defensively. Has he turned the corner? Do we think he's he's back yet? Well, I don't, I don't know. Five minutes against, or excuse me, 19 minutes against Arizona and only five points. I'm not really sure if he two for five from the field. I mean, he had five defensive rebounds. That's not a terrible performance, but it's also not something that's going to make me say he's back. You know what I mean? So I think we just need to give it some more time. Possibly. Maybe. We're just going to have to look at these next couple weeks. I mean, I, I think the point kind of went over your head like I yeah. he's not an offensive guy that's not his his role yeah what Austin's saying is that he's he what he does is he he generates uh just generates turnovers on defense and generates impact plays on defense and that's what that's what he did against in that last game where he was able to get a couple steals and a couple blocks he had a couple I think when his offensive game isn't going it's it happens for every player in basketball when your offensive game isn't going it you 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 want to put in less effort on defense and you're just less locked in because you're worried about why isn't my three-pointer falling right now why can't I get to the, get to the hoop but I think he's a guy that he, he absolutely can do that I was trying to figure out how many guys are averaging over a steal and a block per game in college basketball because I'm sure it's not a long list but yeah. he's just such an impact player on defense by the way he did go he did make his one three-pointer yeah and and over the last two games yeah it's a small sample size but even over his last four games um 66.7% from three, three of six at the line, or four of six at the line. Like, yeah, it's a small sample size, but the efficiency is back up. And for a guy that isn't asked to take as many shots, especially with Dante and Biddle back, like, I think his main role is, is the best defensive player on the team. Jack, what do you think about, about KJ? I agree. I think that Evans is back for sure. As as you mentioned, with Dante back, it's really interesting because he is, has a much smaller role now that Dante's back and Biddle. Uh, is back too, but I do think that he's one of the, the Oregon's best players, and especially off the bench, he can provide a spark for Oregon. On to the awards. Uh, I did this a little bit last week. I, w- I want to. Were you here for that, John? For the awards? Yeah, I was. Okay, sorry. I didn't know you were going to be on the show today, or else I wouldn't have doubled down. You're good. Um, awards. We'll start with uh, newcomer of the year. This can be a freshman or a transfer that we think has made the best impact. Griff, let's start with you. Uh, I'm not really sure where to go here, honestly. Could I could I go with Kwame Evans Jr. Honestly, yeah, yeah. I mean, I again, I'm not as high on him as I think you guys are, but Oregon, this is just not a team that has picked up a ton of elite transfers. This is not a team that, as I said last week, is using the transfer portal the way that I want them to be using it. I think as a freshman, Kwame Evans Jr. coming in here, he he's got a lot of potential. I think 
he's he's going to have a, ne- a great next couple of years. I think this year is kind of a stepping stone year for him, and he's done a pretty good job so far. I just want to, yeah, last week I, I said it was Jackson Shellstab, but just to switch it up, I want to talk about Jader and Tracy just because I think he's Thank been you. one of the better transfers that they have brought yeah. in. He's he's just an all-around good, like, 3 and D type wing. He's he's around 35%, which is just, you know, just average-ish, a bit average, especially in college above, like, efficiency, and he can space the floor, and he's a he's solid, and he knows where he needs to be on defense. So I think he's just a good role player and knows exactly how to do that. Jack, how about you? I would say it's really hard to decide, but it's definitely between Shellstead and Tracy. But I'd have to go with Shellstead just because he's just a pure scorer, and I like and I've you know liked what I've seen from him this season. Despite the fact that he's been cold the past couple of games, he's had a great season for Oregon, and he's really helped them out a lot. I'm gonna go a different route than I went last week too, just because I want to shout out a different player. Uh, I'm gonna go Cario Oquendo. I think he brings a really good energy that this team hasn't had in a while. Um, 13 points off the bench. He's averaging almost 10 a game off the bench. He's shooting 57% inside the arc. He's shooting 44% behind it. Uh, the free throw line is a struggle for him, but he plays good defense. He's an absurd athlete, which I didn't really expect him to be like as athletic as he is, uh, but he's been... He's uh, easily the most athletic player yeah, on the team, he's, I think. He's, he's a stud. Um, I'm a big, big KO fan. Uh, next award, most improved player. So a guy that was on the roster last year. Uh, that has taken a big step forward. I think this one is 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 kind of a difficult one. I'm gonna go in a, a, a somber route um, and start with Keyshawn Bartholomew. Um, he was a guy last year that really struggled with his efficiency. Um, the spark was there off the bench. He was a, a ten point a game guy off the bench, but again, just forty one percent from the field. Um, turned the ball over a, a relatively high amount. I think this year he's he's continued that effectiveness. Well, well bringing up his efficiency so uh sad because dana altman all but said he was he was out for the season but i'm i'm a big fan of his yeah for me it's brennan rigsby he's he was especially with the injuries they were dealing with at the beginning of the season he, he was picking up a lot of slack offensively he's been a really good three-point shooter all season he didn't play a ton last year as a freshman but he's been he's been just a solid all-around player and someone who's been able to make an impact for this team griffin bows i'm actually going to go with jermaine kuznard I like how he leads with I like that actually. 14.9 points per game. I like his three-point percentage, almost 39%, and field goal percentage, almost 45%. He's just a really good well-round player. I think he's probably the most consistent player for Oregon this season. If you're going to rely on one player, he may not be the superstar player in a way that Dante is. Maybe not as much potential as Kwame Evans Jr., but Jermaine Kuznard is just, he's the bread and butter. He's kind of who you go to when times get tough. At least that's the way I see it. Yeah, the biggest thing I think he's improved on is just the p- playmaking. He's up to almost five assists per game this year. He's just been a really good playmaker for this team. Jack, how about you? It's kind of hard to decide. For me, it's really close between Bartholomew and Kuznard, but I'd have to go with Bartholomew just because he's really stepped it up, and especially his three-point shooting has been much, much improved this season, in my opinion. Defensive player of the year, I already said mine, is Kwame Evans. Yeah, I'm right there with you on Kwame. Anyone has a different opinion? I'd have to go with Kuznard, really. It may be a hot take, but I really think that Kuznard stepped it up defensively. Uh, and, and, I mean, as as we as we talked about before, Evans and Kuznard are arguably the two top defenders Oregon has right now, but I do think it's Kuznard, in my opinion. Griff? Definitely go with Kwame Evans Jr. 26 blocks. Uh, no one else has – no one else has 12. MVP. I think we all probably have the same or a similar answer. I'm going to go Jermaine Kuznard. Yeah, I think I'm, he's I'm he's really impressed me this year. I wasn't a fan of his last year. I think he still struggles with efficiency sometimes, but 
I mean, he's kind of their only option sometimes, especially when uh, when Shellstad's cold. Yeah, and for me, it's definitely Kuznar. He's been the driver of this team all year. I don't think we can really say definitely when it comes to this. I think Kuznar has the best resume this season. I think Dante's definitely the MVP. Dante's played Dante's five played, games. Yeah. Exactly. They have so they're, they're way better now than they were in November, right? It's most valuable. Works. It's most they're like, valuable. They're player. like one and four with Dante on the floor. I think that what what uh, <laughs> Griffin is saying is da- is that Dante is Oregon's best player, not necessarily Correct. the overall team's MVP. Like, Griffin's gonna argue for like a Kirk Cousins MVP. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean <laughs> Aaron, Ro- Aaron Rodgers should have won MVP in the NFL this year because because <laughs> the Jets were bad when he wasn't playing. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm gonna have to disagree with you there, Griffin. I'm yeah. sorry. It's not about resume. It's about who. It's That's what. Like, okay. what? O- Oregon has been terrible <laughs> without Dante. <laughs> they were though. They, they were really good without Dante. They, they were. They, they were, actually it, played really. They good. were actually doing really well. They were undefeated at home. Uh, coming into that game against Arizona, and they were like on a crazy. What were they on a seven, six game win streak? They named their conference opponents. They were bottom of the barrel Pac-12 team. They beat UCLA, USC, and what about the non-conference? But that that doesn't. You lost a tough game to Alabama, who's a really good team. Like that I, does that also isn't really the point. The yeah. point isn't that they Dante's the most talented player on correct. Well, correct. Is correct. Is, is anyone is anyone disagreeing with that? I can't get disagree. No. Dante probably no. is the most talented player on Oregon. You can't give the MVP to someone who's played five games. Uh, well, let's say uh, let's say Patrick Mahomes only plays five games for the Chiefs. Is he's the MVP? He's the best player on the team. No, he's, no, he's not. not. There's literally a rule in the NBA. I yeah, realize yeah, it's a different it's sport, it's true. but that you can't miss a certain amount of games. <laughs> Fifteen games. You yeah. have to play X amount of I'm games. I'm looking at the definition the of the word "valuable." N- maybe not yeah, the, the but rules. Like, yeah, you but have to be okay. Let me just say this: we're giving awards. Okay. We're not just like saying, "Oh yeah, that's the best player." Okay. On the before team. we transition into the next uh, segment, I just wanted to clarify this real quick. I do think that. Um, the best uh, ability is availability, and Dante only Slay. actually played what five games this season so far. Yeah. Tell him, despite the fact that he is Oregon's most talented player, Tell he is not the most consistent this season due hi- due to his unavailability. Jack preaching. His unavailability has made him less impactful than Jermaine Kuznar. Tell him. Therefore, Jermaine Kuznar is the team's Cook. MVP this season. Yeah, that's a, that's a real argument. Okay. <laughs> Correct. I'm not doing this from the perspective Sorry. of like giving out a physical award. Yeah, Why? I'm doing it from a what? speculation. Well, perspective. bro, the, the point that I'm making is you have to take into consideration the the overall consistency and how many games these guys are playing. Did and you, did you, Griffin? Did you read the outline? It says awards. Y- yes, I, I read. MVP. I read the outline. All right, it's Austin, not my job to give you. the award. It is your job to give the award. That is quite literally what we're doing in this segment. <laughs> That's going to do it for the first segment. When we come back. Uh, we're going to talk some Oregon women's basketball. We're going to actually give out awards um, in case there was any uh, confusion there uh, on the other side of this break. We'll step aside. We'll be back in a couple minutes. You're listening to Quack Smack on 88.1. KWVA. KWVA. I checked my voter registration online, and I am ready to vote. I feel amazing. Hey, you! Did you know the Republican and Democratic parties have closed primaries? That means you need to register with one of them to vote in their primary election. Or you can register with a minor party or not be affiliated with any party at all. You get to choose. That's why your ballot may have different candidates than mine. Oh, wow! I'm gonna hike around Crater Lake and treat myself to clam chowder at the coast. 
Don't know how to check if you registered? Just visit OregonVotes.gov and be sure to check at least 21 days before the May election to make any updates. I feel incredible. Who wants to frolic in some tulips? This message is brought to you by the Oregon Elections Division. For more information, go to OregonVotes.gov. For over 50 years, Help Heal Veterans has utilized recycled materials to create, manufacture, and distribute art therapy kits that help vets deal with pain management, PTSD, anxiety, depression, and many other challenges. Our kits help veterans find sustainable wellness in their lives. We are proud to help those who served our country. Our mission is to help our veterans. To learn more, go to HealVets.org. That's HealVets.org. Sponsored by Help Heal Veterans. This is former assistant sports director Adam Sussman. Let's get back to the best show in Eugene, Quacksmack. Back here on Quacksmack, we uh, we just argued the definition of award giving. Uh, we're back. We're going to talk some Oregon women's basketball. Um, yeah, where do we, where do we want to start? This uh, this weekend was. Uh, another 0-2 weekend for the Ducks after falling 0-2 in, in the Bay. Um, I do think that this weekend inspired a little confidence for the Ducks. I think my main takeaway from this weekend, and you can really extend this to the Cal game, is this is one of the better defensive teams in the country. Like This is a truly elite defensive team who held Alyssa Pilly to a scoreless first half, who um, held Jalen Sherrod to four points. Like... This is a legitimately very, very good defensive team. Just a tough weekend uh, for a team that really struggles to turn the ball over and, and just generally, you know, struggled a little this weekend. So, Jack, we'll start with you. What were, what were your thoughts on this weekend? Um, it was definitely really tough for them. They had a, you know, a massive or pretty big lead against Utah, and then they just struggled and really just fell apart. It was, it was definitely hard to watch. Yeah, these were games they weren't expected to win. These are two of the best teams in the country. Colorado's obviously like a top five team in the country, but I agree with Austin. Like the defense is legit. When I talked to Kelly after the game, he 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 said like we're doing everything we can on defense. We just can't win games when you're when you're scoring twenty or forty eight points. That's just not going to win games at the college level, which is unfortunate for this team. And it's just it's been a struggle to score all year, and that just continues. And I I wonder kind of how much they can change at this point. That's kind of been the the main point of discussion to this point in the year is like, what can they do to get better defensively or better offensively? Because Chance Gray is doing everything she can. Grace Van Sluten had a really nice game um, against Colorado. Chance Gray, I think, play, like, the Chance Gray played the best Watching game. Watching her year. in her, in yeah. a second, like, she was inefficient from the field. She was like two for 13, I think. But she got to line 12 times, which is a new career high for her. I asked her about it after the game. She said she just got, like, like the halftime adjustment. Kelly just said, you, you got to be more aggressive. You got to get to the hoop. And that's what I've been saying all year. She's so she's she's got a good handle. She's quick. She like when she can hit like her little hesitation yeah. and get to the, the hoop. nice. She's small and so she gets fouled and she's a good free throw shooter. She wasn't a great free throw shooter in that game, but she's a good free throw shooter and we all know that. It, mm-hmm. If she played like that all the time, she'd be one of the best players in the conference. But I just I I've been dying to see that from her and it was awesome to see in that second half against Colorado. Well, I I think the point you're making kind of is is she's 
really growing into that like true ball handler role. Yeah, she wasn't supposed to be. Peyton right. Scott was supposed to be the point guard of this team. She wasn't supposed to be the point. She and she wasn't the point guard last year. She's learning how to be a point guard, and I think you you know she's got another. Hopefully, as long as she sticks around, she's got another two years here, so she can learn how to be a point, learn how to do that, and just get better over time. And I I think it was a really good sign what I saw in the second half against Colorado. Griff, what do you think about uh, Oregon women's basketball this weekend? Oh well, two ranked teams, two losses, kind of what you'd expect. Oregon's program is not where I want to be right now, but considering how this, the way the season's gone, it doesn't really shock me. The, the start against Colorado was absolutely terrible, and they actually played a pretty good second half. If they could have just kept that intensity in the first half, we could be talking about a you know a season-defining upset. Colorado, I think they were the team to beat LSU in week one. Correct. Yeah. So, yeah, we could be talking about one of the top five upsets in college basketball this season if Oregon just played well in the first half. Maybe Colorado took their foot off the gas. I'm not really sure what it was, but the second half was inspiring to say the least. The yeah, Colorado's offense couldn't do anything in the first half against Oregon. At, like at at for in the first quarter, yeah. Oregon was right there. They couldn't. No one could, could get offense besides Grace Van Sluten. But Filipina Che was doing a great job inside and was keeping Colorado from getting to the hoop. And then in the second quarter, Colorado's shots started falling from the outside, which kind of gave them a little bit more momentum. And Oregon's offense just they didn't make a field goal for almost 15 minutes. It was one of the worst like offensive it's the worst quarter of basketball I think I've ever watched in my entire life it was one of the worst offensive performances from a single team I think I've ever seen I was there like in the media row like googling how what's the like lowest points they've ever scored in a game and like yeah, it was that kind of game yeah and yeah exactly uh luckily they picked it up in the second half and played really well in the second half so that's that's promising but it's such a tough they're just at a tough point in the season right now their their schedule's so good the conference is so good I just don't know where the wins come yeah, I, I think that's that's the main thing is you can't really pencil any pencil in any wins. Um, you think maybe Cal at home. You think maybe Washington. Um, Wazoo is even cooled down just a little bit, but then you also have you know for every team that's on a down this year, you have teams on the rise. Like Oregon State is legit this year. Oregon State is really, Oregon State really good. Absolutely, just like destroyed Utah. against Utah. Yeah, it was one of the crazy offensive. I was looking at the stats. Uh, for like the third quarter, they had missed nine shots. They yeah. were just on fire, and they're just a really good team. And, and they got the Ducks have them this weekend. Then you go back to Colorado and Utah and UCLA again. Like it's just it's such There's a no tough breaks. schedule. There's yeah. no breaks at all. Um, looking specifically at the bench, I I think that's kind of the the main area of concern. I I firmly believe that the starting five, um, especially when you consider Peyton Scott healthy, but but even now, like Kennedy Basham, I think has provided some really good minutes, especially on the defensive end. Like, she's a, le- a legit defensive stopper. Um, but is there anyone that she's you see... She's a rim protector. Yeah, correct. Um, is there anyone you see on the bench that you think maybe deserves some more minutes that you... Honestly, if you just want to give some shine to someone, uh, any anyone specifically? I mean, I'd probably say Ula Chamberlain just because I think that she shoots the ball well. And it's, it's, it's just... This Oregon team, I think one of the biggest issues is the fact that they don't really have a huge variety of scoring, as we talked about. You know, it's mostly just Filipina Che, Chance Gray, and Van Sluten. Besides that, there haven't really been a ton of players that have been consistently scoring. Yeah, they're really missing Kennedy Williams right now and her playmaking ability. She's been just she's been able to play, but she's been super limited by her injuries. Kelly said that it, she's just like a kind of break glass in case of emergency kind of case right now. Um, but I, I I agree with Jack. I think Ula Chamberlain. 
I don't know how well she holds up defensively, but just the the spacing that she can provide. She's she's forty five percent from three on the season. She had had a hit a really big shot at the end of that Colorado game that cut that lead under ten points like late in the fourth quarter. Banked in a corner three. Yeah, like she's she's got a legit. Uh, legit shooting from the outside, and so that which is something that this team severely lacks, especially with Sophia Bell going out with injury for who knows how long at this point. Have we heard anything about, uh, about Kelly? Her? Yeah, Kelly said he couldn't comment on it after the game on Sunday, but she was in a boot before the game, which wasn't right. super promising. Yeah, because Sophia Bell is not only one of their better shooters, but I mean, pretty By easily far their, their best, best on ball defender. Um, that's a, a big loss for the Ducks. Yeah. Um, I Griffin, sorry, I, I forgot to go to you. Is there anyone specifically you want to give some shine to on the bench? Yeah, I'll go with Uwe Chamberlain as well. I mean, they're outside of three-point scoring, really, there's no stats of intrigue, I think, on this bench. Really, I'm just <laughs> looking looking down the stat sheet, and Uwe Chamberlain is the best three-point shooter on the bench, and ar- arguably on the team. This team just doesn't really have that much depth. Like, if you look at the, the last two games, I don't know if there were any bench points at all in the last two games. Oh. Is that accurate? That uh, that, that wouldn't valid? surprise me. Except for Uwe Chamberlain, who had yeah. wow. three, three in each game. There were zero bench points. Wow. And Uwe Chamberlain had 21 minutes against... 21 minutes in one game and 26 in the other game. So I think she's effectively a starter, even though she's technically not. I think that's a l- what she needs to be playing at this point in the season. Priscilla Williams has some really nice flashes at moments. She has some good like creation moments, but sh- I have I don't think I've seen her make a three. She's what is she? It's been a while. She's five for thirty three on the season. I've been at a lot of those games. And I can't remember ma- her making a single three. She's fifteen percent from the field this year. Like she 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 takes them with crazy confidence, and sometimes she has some nice moves, but I don't see many shots go in. You love the confidence, um, and she's. Like and this this is not hyperbolic. Like one of the best three point shooters in ACC history, uh, at, when she was at Syracuse, um, like she's like a legitimately very good three point shooter for her career and just the luck has is not, not been on there her this side year. right now. Um, yeah, I, I I like those picks. I I still am a big Sarah Rambis believer. I know she's kind of cooled down recently, but the games against the Arizona schools I thought were huge. I see her in a in a similar role to. Um, Kylie Watson from a couple years back, um, just a, a little bit of a stretch big off the bench that can hit from 15 and, and play some good defense and, and get to the line, and she's relatively efficient there. Um, so I'm I'm a big Sarah Rambis fan. I agree. I think Ula Chamberlain should get more minutes. Um, Bella Buckus has been getting in a little bit more. Bella Hamill has, has got some some early game shine, um, hit a three against UCLA, which which was really cool. I'm a, I'm a big Bella Hamill believer. Uh, it's easy when you see her drop, like, 30 points a game at, at lane for two years <laughs> um but yeah I, I i still i i do still think there's there's hope for this team going forward especially in in the next couple of years um awesome looking at the like this remaining schedule where do you think a win comes california and washington california and washington i think washington's horrible like i i i really do think oregon is a an above average team that just has a horrible schedule the cal game was I said I said like afterwards it was the weirdest basketball game I've ever watched. Yeah, it was like bad. just just it, it was it wasn't just bad, it was odd. Yeah. It was like an odd game. Just the yeah. like the hucking threes and getting every rebound. It was yeah. just so weird to watch. So I think they could definitely beat that team too. And I could see them and they were winning that whole game until right at the end. So. I could see them I don't know if I want to say I can see them beating Oregon State, but I think they played Oregon I, State I really well it. last time. Um Well, it's at home, so 
and it's a Sunday afternoon. I, I think there, there's definitely a chance he scored there. scored 41 points against Oregon State yeah. last night. No, time. I know. Um, awards. We are giving out awards. We're not saying who's the most talented or who's the best defender. <laughs> just <laughs> giving out time. awards. Correct. Uh, we'll start with the most improved player from last year to this year. Um, I'll start. I'm going to go with Chance Gray, um, especially recently. She's been shooting the three much better. She was not efficient last year. I, I think people kind of forget that. She was 34% from the field last year. Um, she's still not uber efficient, but 37% from three attempting six a game, like that's going to play. She's improved as a playmaker, even though it's not where she wants to be. The turnovers are still a little high, but I, I do think she's taken some big steps forward. I think I gotta go Kennedy Basham. She she was barely playing last year. She still mostly looks lost on offense, but she's the uh, value she's provided on defense has been something that's really good for this team. And she's I think she's a lot better of a rim protector than Shea is just as like as a straight a up straight rim protector, rim protector yeah. right? Uh, I'm, I'm gonna go with uh, Filipina Shea. I I know it's very close. I think she just played a little bit better in these last couple games, so I think I gotta go with her. Jack, for me, I'd have to go with Chance Gray. I agree. Uh, you know, this season she's averaging 14.7 a game, shooting 37.3 from deep. So pretty impressive numbers there from her. And she's, you know, played and started every single game this season. So she's, she's been pretty consistent and improved a lot. Newcomer of the year, John. I would have given it to Sophia Vell before, uh, but with her out with injury, I would probably say Sarah Rambis right now. I, I agree with you about the way she comes off the bench. I think she's a, just a solid backup big, and especially – being able to give the minutes she gives this team as a freshman is 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 really impressive. Griffin. Sarah Rambus has ten blocks this season. I think the most for any any bench player if I'm not if I'm not mistaken. So I yeah, I'll go with her as well. Jack. I, I have to go with Sophia Bell. She has fourteen blocks this season, averaging seven points a game, despite the fact she's injured. I do think she's the best newcomer of the year. Yeah, I would agree. I think the defense is, is really the, the big thing for her. Um defensive player of the year. I want to start. I'm going to say Sophia Bell. She's been awesome. It doesn't really show up on the stat sheet, but it's there. No, I think it's without a doubt. Sophia Bell is the best defensive player on this team, and until she had, was hurt, was obviously the defensive player of the year. She's just she's she's a menace on the ball. She 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 gets physical and gets up into ball handlers, which is really good. And she just creates deflections, creates opportunities for her team to get runouts and fast break opportunities, which this team needs because they don't have a lot of offensive juice. Griffin Bowes? Well, I did not know we could pick injured players, but uh, I'm going to go with Filipina Che regardless. I like the 32 blocks compared to Sophia Bell's 14, and also the the 61 uh, turnovers to 27. If I'm not mistaken, that's forced turnovers. What? Never mind. Never mind. He's talking about the turnovers on the stat sheet, if they're forced turnovers or whatever. No, turnovers. Those are how many turnovers they have. Yeah. Okay. Jack? I do think that I have to go with Filipina Trey here. She's just a great rim protector, and she has 32 blocks this season. It is kind of close, but I'd have to give it to either Filipina Trey or possibly Grace Van Sluten, who has 15 blocks and 22 steals. Probably my second pick would be Van Sluten. MV – oh, did you not go? No, I did. I, okay. I, I agreed with you on the bell take. That's what I thought. I think Van Sluten is an underrated defender, though. She, I agree. She does a yeah. good job at jumping passing lanes. MVP. I think it's Van Sluten easily. She she's the only person on this team who wants to attack the hoop, and you need to do that to get offense in basketball. So, correct. Griff, I'm gonna go with Chance Gray. I think she's the most well-rounded player on the team. Kind of like what I said in men's basketball for one of the players is just consistency. Game Jack Mack, 
I have to go with Trey here. Van Sluten is one of Oregon's best players overall, I think, but she's just not consistent enough to be the MVP in my opinion. So I'd have to go with Trey just because, as I mentioned, 32 blocks and she's averaging 13 points and 12 boards a game. So she's always going to give you at least 10 and 10. Yeah, I, I also think it's Philly Che. I know that, you know, she gets scrutinized a little bit sometimes. Uh, I think she's really good. I, I love watching her she's play. She's a good college big. And yeah. she is, she's really gotten better as a rebounder. Like, I, I realize, obviously, the numbers are there, but it's just the 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 way she rebounds, her, her getting in position, her fighting for boards, especially on the offensive end. And, fun fact, she leads all Pac-12 centers in assist percentage. So she's, she's really improved um, as a facilitator as well. She's also played, like, she hasn't yeah, like played point guard. That's something that that Kelly mentioned was that he was really impressed by how how well she's done passing the ball out of the post. And it's like again, she hasn't played point guard, but she also like she'll get a rebound and, and realize that there's no one within within reach, and she'll like be confident dribbling up the floor, and then she'll get her back to the basket and, and find cutters. So I, I'm a big Philly Che believer. That's gonna do it for this segment of Quack Smack. When we come back, uh, we'll talk some sports. We'll talk some playoff football. We'll talk some March Madness a month early. We'll shout out some products. On the other side of this break, you're listening to 88.1. KWVA. KWVA. Hey, it's Mike Rowe, and I've got gas. Natural gas, that is. It comes to me through a series of pipes buried in the ground. Pipes that all too often get damaged by people who dig before calling 811. This causes real problems for millions of Americans like me who rely on natural gas to heat their homes and cook their food, but it's even worse for the people who hit the gas lines. Well, here's the good news. You don't have to be one of those people. Just call or click 811 before you dig and visit safeexcavator.com for more info. Farming is dangerous. There's dangers all around us. We go through safety training and try and do these things to make sure accidents don't happen. You don't want to hit a gas pipe because that's your life. The other part of it is if you hit certain things, you're liable for it. Farm Safe 811 starts with you. Always call 811 and wait for any underground lines to be marked. Always keep safety in the back of your mind. Just stay humble. For more information, go to farmsafe811.org. Would your business survive a disaster? Nearly two-thirds of businesses aren't prepared for an emergency, and 40% of businesses that experience a disaster never recover. Make an emergency plan now before it's too late. For a free online tool that helps you develop an emergency plan to keep your business up and running should disaster strike, visit ready.gov forward slash business. Brought to you by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, the American Red Cross, and the Ad Council. Did you stretch your legs? Did you get a snack? Great! Then let's get back to Quack Smack right here on KWVA Eugene 88.1 FM. Back on Quack Smack, 18 more minutes. On your Tuesday night edition, Austin Oda, John Evans, Jack MacArthur, Griffin Bowes, Max Regal Bagel. Uh, Saul, are you still in there? Can't see you back there. Sorry, there you are. Hey, uh, let's talk some pro sports. You guys want to join us for this this segment? You're you're allowed to say no, but I thought you might. Uh, we're gonna start talking about the playoff games last weekend: Chiefs Ravens, uh, which neither John and I got to watch. Unfortunately, Niners. We got we got to watch uh, Oregon score zero points in the second quarter from the field. Yeah. They scored uh Oh no, they scored three, three points. Line. Three yeah. they made zero shots. Yes, correct. It was um, a good quarter of basketball. 
and then uh, Niners and Blue Team Lions. Uh, yes. The game that I cared about that I got to watch. Um, well, Blue Team, that's a little like Loki Shade. <laughs> I I just couldn't remember the name. I'm not even gonna lie. Uh, general thoughts. Should we start with production? Let's start with production. How do you guys feel about uh, some playoff football? I'm not gonna lie. Can you introduce yourself? Like, I really wanted the Lions to win. I know the Ravens yeah. were a favorite. I I knew the Chiefs were gonna win though. But the Lions should have won that game. I they were by 17 at one point. And I'm going to be totally honest. I'm not looking forward to the Super Bowl. This I, is probably the Super Bowl that I'm looking forward to the least. I Womp told Womp. Austin before the game I would root for the Niners for him and then just watch the game the entire time rooting for the Lions. I'm not going to lie, bro. Womp womp. Who won? <laughs> oh, yeah, can I, I ask why it. don't you like the Super Bowl? Because it's the Niners and the Chiefs. Yeah, it's kind again. of a crappy Super Bowl. Uh, not even it's just, in what it's way? Just, it's the two best programs in the NFL. I do think it's going to be Those are not programs. Those are teams. <laughs> <laughs> Very big difference. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> actually, irrelevant. This, this is like this is like an Objection. Alabama Ohio State Super Bowl. What's what's well, not to like? This is like raise Duke, your hand Kansas. if you would like an Alabama Ohio State uh, championship. Uh, if nah, you don't like that, you're nah. not a real football fan. Did he just say he wants to watch an Alabama Ohio State Super Bowl? I think yeah, there's. I think there's no is, way. This is like no a, way. This actually just said that. This what about is Alabama like Lakers versus Celtics? I like that one. I like that one. Okay. Who Objection. wants Ravens and Lions? Who wants a blowout? Where would it be it a blowout? Been a blowout? Ravens, Ravens Lions would not the be. The Ravens a are blowout. arguably the best team in the league. The they're Lions, obviously not. They're, they're not in definitely the Super Bowl. not. <laughs> Their offense was literally so Griffin. I really, I really don't understand. I really don't understand why you don't like underdogs like I, I i genuinely just Dude, don't get this it. is the championship game you're supposed to have the two best you know dynasty like teams says who or you could have teams that are fun to watch i actually like all. having teams that are fun to watch the, be, be shockers and just just right you know, jared goff, like, is jared goff more fun to watch than brock purdy yeah, uh, those I are about the same. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't I like know if that's a <laughs> I think we got should have gone maybe a little more on the Mahomes side. Should do a poll. It's not that, that they're not well, fun Lamar to watch. Jackson's it's very just fun to watch too. It's just I want parody. Yeah. Do you really want teams. parody? Yes. Yes. Nobody yes. wants to see the same exact Super Bowl. That's cool in the regular season, but no, it's no, not. It's no, no one cares about parody. We haven't had this game in four years. Yeah. Four years. We haven't had a long time. When was the last time the Lions made the Super Bowl? Well, they never have. Yeah. But maybe exactly. they're not good exactly. enough. Exactly. Maybe cool they're not good enough. That's but just, maybe they oh were my close, God. and it would have been cool if they were. Interesting takes here. Okay, well, what would you <laughs> yeah, well, what would you rather watch? Uh, Bama, Ohio State, or TCU, Cincinnati in the TCU, National TCU, Cincinnati. Oh, there's easily. no way you are. T- there's I mean, no way. Are, that's a tough. Those, that's a tough. Yeah. I just like the underdog. I like underdogs doing good things and surprising yeah. It's the people. championship. It's not the it first round of the NCAA tournament. Teams, too. It's the title game. I yeah, don't, but it's the NFL title game. If I'm watching, if I'm watching, right? Teams that's that that's another team, thing. Is it, it's the watch. NFL. These are like this is the Super Bowl. This is it's not those like, things are not comparable. Right? Yeah. It's not your whole like oh, it's the best collection of talent by recruiting. No, it's like who can develop better players, who can draft better, it's who, scheme, bro. Right? It's all about Shout that. Like, Spags. yeah, I'm I, talking about like what Spags teams do I want a hundred million American viewers to watch? Chiefs and Niners, hundred percent. No. Maybe mm. Chiefs and Eagles. You could argue Chiefs, Eagles. What? Okay, That's let's crazy. just ask this question then. What do you guys think is the ideal ideal Super Bowl then this year? I what would you Austin or draw start with you? What would you love? Like to from watch? the teams in the playoffs? Yeah, just from the. Teams I would in the have playoffs. loved another uh, Ravens Niners rematch. Okay, I, I would have also loved Ravens Niners. Why Ravens? 
because I think they're really because Lamar is arguably the most fun player, and in he's football. probably going to be more fun than Patrick Mahomes. If McCaffrey he is absolutely more fun to watch than Patrick. I'd Mahomes. say they're equally fun. They're both. They are like equally really fun, fun to watch. and I would rather and watch love, the Ravens skill position players. And I love the Ravens defense too. Also, right. would have been a Ravens not that I don't rematch. Like I also yeah, right, like and I also would have really liked to see the Texans game. The Texans in the okay, that's fair. Yeah, that was never going to happen, but that would have been great. I love CJ Stroud. Honestly, like. If I wasn't a Niners fan, I'm really happy to see the Niners in the in the Super Bowl. I think, like, we've had a long time of hearing like our 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 family and our our parents I don't and whatever. Know, give me Panthers Patriots, bro. Right, hey, I'm a we, Panthers we, fan. I we've like had a lot that. of time like hearing our our families say like, oh yeah, the Niners are like this dyna- dynastic team, like Jerry Rice, Joe Montana, whatever. This is our time to kind of like my generation's time to kind of get that in in our in our generation as well but yeah, i think if guys, i wasn't you just got owned by seattle when you were a kid that's right so exactly sad. if think if i wasn't a niners fan i wouldn't want to see just watching vernon davis get laid out all right by i don't Chance understand why everyone hates the 49ers <laughs> i don't either i don't i will i hate them because i'm a seahawks fan and they're like the biggest well, yeah biggest but like neutral fans who team. aren't even seahawks fans. i actually like mccaffrey a lot some of i like a lot yeah, of the so players I like I, watching him mccaffrey's play. awesome i think like Fred Warner is the best like linebacker in the ever. league by far, and like arguably the best like like, like legitimately has a chance per, to be the best linebacker for his position. Ever. Best like defensive player in the league, arguably. Yeah, I would agree. Like, yeah, they're they're a fun team for sure. I, I don't know why people don't like the the Niners. I get why people don't like the Chiefs. They don't like Brock. Brady. They should like the Chiefs. The, the Chiefs are the one of the most electric teams in the sport. I think I think not what you're really. not recognizing is that you can. There's a big difference in respecting a team. I think like, I have a lot of respect for the Chiefs. I think Spags is a genius. Yeah, Mahomes Spags is god. Is incredible. But it doesn't mean I like them. I think like, saying yeah. that the Chiefs are one of the most electric teams in the league is a little bit crazy. They, they have they, one good pass catcher. Yeah, they they have yeah. who's who's old who's old and like doesn't move that fast even, anymore. Even when they get their butt kicked, they still look fun to watch. Even in the thirty one really? to nine Super Bowl, I think Mahomes is still the best player on the yeah, field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mahomes your favorite. Pla- it's I don't think it's the Chiefs are fun to watch. I think Patrick Mahomes is correct. Fun to the watch. defense has played amazing actually. Yeah, this the season. defense. Like yeah, the de- I say the defense. Spagnuolo is awesome, <laughs> and Patrick Mahomes is awesome. And you just keep saying the Chiefs, and I'm saying Spagnolo and Patrick Mahomes. Right. Sometimes Pacheco is pretty fun to watch too. Pacheco, they're, they're, they're not what they were in past years. That I'll, I'll give you that. They, I just, they were a lot better. I would much rather see a team that hasn't been there. Like I'm, yeah, I, I'm I, tired of I the dynasty. I want new people to There's a reason I that like people, Mahomes or uh, Josh Allen or Lamar in the yeah, Super Bowl like, or Ravens Niners even. Yeah. There's or a reason Lions. that. I mean, obviously they cheated, but there's a reason people don't like the Astros, and it's because they've been there for the last eight years. Like. No one likes seeing the same thing over and, and over. You can Rodan respect Alvarez it. I have a lot soul last yeah. September. I have a lot of respect for outside of the cheating what the Astros have done. I think the cheating was overblown, but I fully think you can respect Bama. It doesn't mean I have to like Bama. Yeah. It doesn't mean I have I'm to like seeing them like play. Bama. I can acknowledge that they're a really good collection of talent, but yeah. god, I hate watching them win. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Also, that's why Pro sports are better than college sports because new teams win. Mm, Correct. Not 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 so sure about that one. But yeah, yeah. I would uh, I would agree that pro sports are better than college sports. Wow, yeah. wow, I- interesting take. <laughs> so yeah, I, I mean, don't think it's interesting. I think all of us. I think it's a common take. That I, I just think you're the only one that doesn't. Griffin just loves Bama in, in college football. Yeah. That's okay. Uh, I <laughs> want Georgia and Ohio State to take over now. I I I, uh, <laughs> so, I, I want some consistency. You know, I, enough with the Washington. What about, what about, the, what about the Oregon Ducks here? taking over? Dude, That's Washington not was you're awesome on the Oregon last radio. You're on the why Oregon do you, radio. Why do you think Oregon why is going to take over? Why are you such a hater? Genuinely, why do you, why do you think have Oregon so much is not going to Because I've seen the heart. same thing every year. It's it's not okay, the same coach. It's not hope. the same team. Yeah, it's not. Oh, He's right. And realistically, like, Oregon does not recruit good enough to be a well, What? Well, the number three recruiting class in the country. That has to be cap. Okay, where's the number one class? Where's the number one class? Georgia. 
Where's the number two class? Bama. Okay, three. Oregon. Okay, what about where's Oregon's number one class in the last four or five years? It's just not there. What? what you don't what have it? to well, be the number Oregon one overall means. class to Dude. recruit well. Oregon's had like a top ten Girl, or oh top twenty God. class for a long time oh. in football. I, and they, oh, they don't have the development God. or the culture that Clemson has. Well, so, what? What? <laughs> Clemson? Shut do, up about Clemson, that, that, bro. That's why Clemson was able to win with above average but not great talent because they had a culture. They had great talent. They were putting dudes in the league left and right. They Clemson literally had their recruiting rankings, From like though. 2013 Trevor to Lawrence, like 20, bro? Yeah. They literally Trevor Lawrence, bro. They had, I could name recruiting rankings mean nothing. Oh. oh. Well, that's a take. So this is sort of to a debate. Recruiting, they, don't they don't mean nothing, but, but they're, they're not, not nearly as important as coaching and development. Yeah. This is interesting. It's crazy. This is crazy. Like, Oregon's locker room literally it's... fell apart in 2021. What? What What are you talking about? Huh? Everyone knew Mario was out the door. Okay. The locker room fell that apart. Pittman transferred that, out mid-year. That was Mario. That was Mario. Like, the, just the established year-over-year culture. Was Dan, that Dan Lanning? That was Mario. Dan Lanning well, has... Well, he can has, be that. I don't know. I think the grass is pretty green in Eugene. He can be that Wait, in 2027. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Pretty 2028. This green. is going to be the best Oregon team ever. Yeah. Is it better than 07 when yes. they were the best team in the country? Yes. Is it better than Oregon's team this year? Yes. When they were the second best team in the country. 10, 14, and 12 before 07. I I no, just 07 they were the best team in the country. And who was better? LSU? Sorry, oh, I I, the best team in the country, that could have been argued. That was a weird weird year for college football. Oh, uh, was that the year that um two lost like, national champ? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I thought you yeah. were I thought you were saying there that's the best like Oregon team of all time. Yeah, that that was their best chance to win a championship. Yeah, probably. Well, besides the times they're actually in the national championship game. Yeah, 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 of course. I uh I violently disagree with you. I <laughs> I Austin's speechless. Just generally like I don't like watching the same team win. I don't. Yeah. I think Oregon has the chance to be a blue blood. What? Okay, so if Oregon became a blue blood, would you start rooting for, against them because it's the no, same team I go every to year? No, here. because I go to school here. Okay, that good. <laughs> I was <laughs> starting to worry about you for a second. Do you root for them? I think he roots for Alabama. Last time I checked, in the yeah. Chiefs probably. Well, yeah, Alabama's Chiefs never probably played too. Oregon. I bet. I bet. I Griff, think it's the I bet Chiefs. Roots, I'm not roots, sure, for, roots for Bama, the Chiefs. The Yankees, the Astros, the Astros, and don't forget Golden State. Yeah, yeah, the Warriors. Could be the Rangers down here. Down here. Yeah. How about that game on? Uh, was it Saturday or Sunday? The two OT game. That was awesome. Yeah, two OT. It was it was a very good game. I think it's uh it's depressing being a Warriors fan right now. I'm not gonna lie, but I think like try watching DeAndre Ayton take one throw a game. Try being a Blazers fan. No, but Blazers fan. Look, I know I know I have it easy generally, but uh, it's it's a tough time being a Warriors fan. Dude, my brother, my brother's angry. Like, yeah. like, literally, like, became a Warriors fan, like, right when the dynasty started. Like, totally fair. We're from Seattle. We don't have a team, so he chose a team. I, they, he chose them. I chose Portland. But then, like, when he gets mad about Warriors stuff, I'm like... You're not allowed to be I'm mad. like, you're not allowed to be no. mad. And then, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Who's your pick to win March Madness this year? Men's, women's, Griffin, you're Mr. College Basketball, so I'll All let right. you start. Let's go, I, Griffin. I, I'm actually going to go with Purdue. I know, I, I know it's a take. This is the team that no one should pick based on recent history, but... If but you're going off recent history, I mean, basketball. Virginia also lost to the 16th seed, and they won the, the Natty the year after that. So, yeah, I got faith in Purdue. I think they, they got the they got good enough experience, and it's a pretty weak field in college basketball this year. There's been a lot of upsets yeah. at the top. So I, I think this is definitely a year that Purdue could get it done. I think Houston, the the ESPN BPI loves Houston. Houston has They're like a, also top on Ken Palm right now. Kelvin Sampson's just... Kelvin Sampson has a case to be the best coach in college basketball. I think he's he's so good like creating the defensive schemes and stuff. And they just continuously get into the postseason and they get far enough. 
and that that our offense kind of falls apart, and which I, <clears throat> it's kind of a theme for them. So I, I would have said Mark Few until Gonzaga found themselves outside the rankings and maybe outside the tournament this year. I, I don't know what happened to their downfall. Yeah, I think Connecticut definitely still has yeah, a chance. I, though. I think Connecticut, like, if I had to bet my money on any team to win, it's it's Connecticut's a repeat. I, yeah, like, I agree. Like, you're, UConn's so good. Like, Klingon's, Klingon's when he comes, unbelievable. When Klingon comes back, he's so good. They just have they have creation all all across the board. They got like they got shooters. They got bigs. It's it's just a deep team. It's really good. I'm I'm in the same boat, Jack. For me, I think that it has to be. This might be a really hot take, but I think it's either it might be Arizona. I mean, Arizona. That is a hot take. They're I'll give you that. Pretty dang good team. I mean, Caleb loves a great pure score. They got Boswell. They have some good bigs too. I mean, uh, Arizona's offense is just really sound. And I think it's going to be either Arizona, or Purdue. As we mentioned, Zach Eddy, he's just having a monster season, and Purdue's on a five-game win streak, and they're you know ten and zero at home and a nineteen-two record overall, and they're the number two seed behind number one UConn. So. I'm going to go with either Purdue or Arizona, but the Arizona one may be a hot take. What I about, think Purdue, sorry. they're just, with Edie, they're built to get upset. They have been the last two yep. years. Like, they're just, the way they're built. They, I rewatched. It's, uh, they just, because they're so planted in Edie, Edie needs to sit in the paint. They give up a ton of threes. And if you get a team that gets hot, I think if they could get past the first, like, two rounds of the tournament, I think they could have a really good chance yeah. to go far. But <clears> I think, like, it's the... It's the not as good, like the small schools who can like chuck up forty threes, who like that have a chance to beat Purdue. Yeah, I, I rewatched the uh, the the first round game against FD FD, you believe, um, and uh, <laughs> just watching the last like couple minutes, it's like he is so just trenched in the paint. Like, yeah, it's, that's, it's why, that's why he's not an NBA player. Um, women's side. John. I think it's hard to argue against South Carolina. The resume continues to yeah. be there, but if I had to say any team, I think it would be Stanford. Um, I think they're the class of the Pac-12 right now, and I think that's the best conference in college basketball, and I think Cameron Brink is the type of player who can lead a team yeah, to a championship. Very strongly agree. Griff? Yeah, I think if we're going on resume at the end of the year, I think Stanford will probably have a better resume than South Carolina. That being said, I think South Carolina is probably the better team, and Hopefully they can match up in the championship because who doesn't like two one seeds in the championship and a rematch of a final four from a couple years ago, you know? Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for me, I have to go either Stanford or South Carolina. Probably Stanford, though. I think that they're going to win. They're going to get another trip. Just Cameron Brick is just really talented. And Sorry. overall, She's they're fine. just they're just having such a stacked team. Uh, Watch out for Georgia Amor and Elizabeth Kitley, though, in the tournament. They'll do some things. Shout out. Shout Where do out. they go? Hokies. Hokey Nation, baby. Um, can I give a little love to Iowa? Like, I feel like Caitlin yeah, Clark yeah, is yeah. just the kind of player that can be like, okay, this is my like swan song. Do and like a LeBron drop like run. sixty points. A LeBron game. in twenty eighteen. Yeah. Um. Yeah, she's a pure scorer. Well, she's not, not though, even is though. The I thing. Think she's like, a pretty she's, good shooter. She's a she's an elite she's an elite scorer, but I think she's so much more than a scorer. Yeah, she's yeah. a great playmaker too. Like she's she's she really is like a LeBron type presence in college yeah. basketball right now. She's awesome. Um. Did, does anyone want to quickly in the next like ninety seconds shout out a pro professional duck? I would like to say the name Diamador Lenore. Yeah, it's just a fun name to say. And he's been like really solid for the Niners. Yeah, he's, he's gotten a lot better this year. He's had, yeah. a, he's had a solid year. I think as the, with the ch improvement Traverius Ward has made, this team still can't uh, defend the run, which Correct. we'll see which how that so goes. Depressing. But um, they're they're between their pass rushers and the what they have in the. The linebacking core and the second, like they're so good against the pass on defense. So, Jack Mack, I gotta go with Eric Armstead. Shout out, that's my guy. He's been on the Niners since 2015, and this season, 
he has what 12 let's see 12 assists five sacks and 27 combos so i think that he's had a pretty solid season and he's just my what probably a top three favorite deck of all time for me griff yeah i'm gonna go with panay sewell actually he was so good yeah he's had he's already one of the most famous offensive tackles probably in the nfl maybe the famous already after a couple couple seasons uh yeah I'm gonna shout out pro doc chris clayton for showing up to our meeting tonight Shout out. Shout out to Chris Clayton. <coughs> Ooh, first cough at 6.59. That's going to do it for us. Tonight, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, Saul will be hosting. Excited for that. Looking forward to that. Shout out to Max Ragel for being here. Uh, for John Evans, for Griffin Bowes, for Jack MacArthur, for Ben Schoenfield chilling out in studio, for Caroline Wilson for being here for a minute. My name is Austin Oda. We will see you tomorrow night. Have a good one.